welcome back to the show. Well, water restrictions uh, get a little tighter on uh, on Friday. Stage two watering restrictions begin, meaning no lawn watering is allowed in the Metro Vancouver area. Uh, so how do you keep your lawn golden during watering restrictions? Well, joining me now is Karen England, Regional Parks Landscape Architect for Metro Vancouver. Ms. England, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Uh, so people, when they hear uh, stage two water restrictions uh, and think, oh, I can't water my lawn, I've spent so much time on this lawn, uh, it's my pride and joy, makes the home look great, makes the neighborhood look great, what would you say to them? I would say that lawns, when they first emerged in 17th century England, were something that they people planted because it was a show of wealth and status because of the amount of labor and effort that was required to keep a green, healthy lawn. It's not the way that grasses would act in nature. It's quite normal for grasses to become golden in the summer season. A brown, a brown lawn isn't dead. It's just going dormant, and that's part of its natural life cycle. And I, and I guess that thinking and mindset has probably been ingrained in our head, not only from that period, but since the, the, the era of the single-family home and, and suburbia in the 40s and 50s and moving forward. I think that's right. What's more iconic from the 50s than seeing someone out in their shirt sleeves mowing the lawn, um, you know, the kids playing by the pool. That kind of water use just isn't what we're doing these days when we, um, summers get longer and hotter and there's less and less water available. Water is a shared resource that we share with everybody in the region and we're needing to be more responsible about the way we use it. Is there anything people can do prior to these restrictions going in? And perhaps not this time because we were very close to it, but uh, in, in the years ahead, this is not going to be, it's not a one-time thing. I think this is going to be something we're going to get used to. Is there anything anybody can do earlier in the year to prepare for that golden lawn, as you call it, uh, in regards to keeping it healthy over, over the course of the year? That is a great question, and there's certainly stuff that you can do starting in the spring. You can aerate and dethatch your lawn in the early spring, so that the water that does fall has a better access to soaking deep into the soil. So if there's um, aeration is when you take you make little holes in the lawn. There are tools you can buy at Home Depot that look like pitchforks that you can use to aerate your lawn. So making holes where the water can get deep into the soil. And by dethatching the soil, you can rake out some of the dead grass from last year so that it's not blocking water from going into the soil. So that is really uh, something that's very easy for you to do that can be done early in the spring. You can also make sure that you're weeding your lawn so that the grasses aren't competing with other plants. In uh, the summer, mm-hmm. oh, sorry. No, go ahead. In the, in the summer, it's helpful if you don't mow your lawn very short. If you can actually keep it ankle high, the shade from the taller grass helps roots to establish lower down and keeps the lawn from getting quite so hot, helping your lawn to retain water. You can also leave the grass clippings in place on the lawn after you're done mowing. Not only is it less work, but it also helps reduce water evaporation so that you can water your lawn less often. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. That's a re- re- really good point. And, and I guess uh, part of this also, um, we can pick perhaps different plants even in regards to watering as well? Absolutely true. I often notice as I walk through my neighborhood that very few people are ever actually out in their front lawn 
Mm-hmm. They're spending time maintaining their front lawn. Do they, I ask myself this question, do they actually need a lawn or could they be doing a lawn alternativist? Could they be planting species that are native to our region, that are better suited to our climate, that can thrive on less rainfall or little rainfall in the summer? So there are a couple of lawn alternatives that I recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is a thyme lawn where you take creeping thyme mm-hmm. and you plant it on masses. actually very beautiful. It doesn't require any mowing, no fertilizer, very little water, and it's very friendly for pollinators. The difference between a thyme lawn and a normal lawn would be that it's not suitable for lots of foot traffic. So if you're someone with little kids that need to play ball or a dog that needs to run around. I wouldn't use it in that instance. But if it's in the front lawn where you actually go out there maybe only a couple times a day, that would be fine. Another kind of lawn that I would recommend is called a tapestry lawn, where you interplant in your existing lawn drought-tolerant species that are evergreen um, so that there's some green throughout the season, but it requires less watering. And the plants can be absolutely beautiful and flowering and pollinator supporting. So some examples of plants that you would introduce into a lawn are blue star creeper or pussy toes, which just has a cute name um, mm-hmm. and probably should be used like just for that reason. Um, or yarrow is a native plant that also does really well in a tapestry lawn. It requires mowing, but less mowing than a traditional lawn, maybe five times a year, and gets by on a lot less water. Uh, I'm also seeing a lot more folks just uh, using uh, fake lawns, you know, just fake grass. <laughs> this is a contentious issue. Uh, what is. I would say about that... <laughs> but I do see what it, is what I'm that. saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see it too. I ask myself, what is the benefit other than maintenance for that? It's not allowing water to percolate through the same way that a more open lawn would where the water has better access to the soil. And for me, it's not providing any ecological benefit either. Mm -hmm. If you had a tapestry lawn, you could be supporting pollinators. You um, You could be doing something for habitat and biodiversity, which I think is another crisis that we're facing Mm -hmm. right now is biodiversity loss. Mm -hmm. And when you put down a fake lawn, it's way less maintenance for you, but you're missing out on all kinds of important ecological benefits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess at its core, though, we're just going to have to get used to uh, a summer where your lawns are not green, but we are also fortunate that Water is an issue in the summer, but by the time the fall and winter run around, come around, we, we're fine. And the lawn does come, become green again and very quickly. Yes, that's right. The lawn will green up again in the fall. Just because your lawn is going brown in the summer doesn't mean that it's uh, unhealthy or that it's dying. It's just taking a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen, thank you so much for your time. I, I think it's uh, just something we in the Lower Mainland have been so used to with so plenty of plenty wa- plenty of water in our in our in our region. And we, I know we've had these regulations before, but it's uh, it's as more and more people move here, it is becoming a, a real serious situation, and it's one we have to get serious about as well in regards to uh, protecting what we have. So, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. You're welcome.